This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? That's and we're on. Friend. That's my best friend. Go best friend. Hey, Christina. Hi. What's up? I love your little song. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm. I'm here. Let me just say one thing. Your okay. hair looks amazing. Your hair also looks amazing. That's what I love about us, is that we're so beautiful. I wish that everybody could be looking at our hair together right now. But unfortunately, you guys are just listening. But welcome the fuck back. Strap What's in, up? baby. It's Puck Money season three. <laughs> how, how are we three seasons into this, dude? I'd rather not discuss. I don't think that we need to go over all the highs and lows of high school football that have occurred in the last three years in our personal lives and in the NHL as a whole. But uh, you know what? Here we are. We made it. We're somewhat conscious and we somewhat know what's going on. Exactly. And I'm more hydrated than I've ever been in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been just cranking water lately. That's actually how I've been. You know, it's like every day I get on Zoom calls at work and everyone's like, how are you? And I'm like, hydrated. Because it's like a neutral thing to say. But yes, I am so excited to be back. It's a fact. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Whether it's your first time here or I don't know how many episodes we've done. If you've listened to every single back episode of Puck Money's over the last six months, Welcome. Here we are. This is a show about hockey by two girls with no hockey IQ presented by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm Christina. I'm Audrey. I'm having a drink. (laughs) Yeah, that looks really nice. There's like a little, it looks like a lime or a cucumber in a circle. Yes, it is a Moscow mule. So it is a little lime. Wow. We have, Audrey has bar service at her house. Well, I did actually make this myself, uh, (laughs) but yes. But I'm going to have to like go really heavy with the audio editing in the background of this. I can already tell because my roommate is absolutely blasting Thunder Road downstairs. Oh, well, you know, God bless him. I really hope he's having a great night. (laughs) All the nights blend into one. Especially like, let's talk about hockey, first of all, because (laughs) there is one game tonight. Just one? There's just one game tonight. It's Canucks. I want to say it's Canucks Sens. But there's one game tonight, and it's at 10 o'clock. And tomorrow night, there's 14 games. So, <laughs> Gods of scheduling. We are all Kings doing Lords. really well. <laughs> so, hockey, back on our TV for they kept 
throwing this at us like it was something good, something to be celebrated, that there was going to be hockey on our TVs for 116 consecutive nights. It really sounded like a threat in the mouths of, of <laughs> <Please>. many. No. <laughs> you know, about what? We're two weeks into it. It does. I feel that it has been a punishing pace. <laughs> Just as a viewer. Yes. Because <laughs> goddamn, there is always hockey on. And Audrey, you know what? It's all on at the exact same time. It's all on at seven o'clock at night <laughs> or 930. And we're just expected to sit there and take it. And we have because we have nothing else to do. But let's let's uh, still the beginning of the season, even though at this point, like we're one eighth of the way through. Yeah, like most teams are like six games in with some notable exceptions that we'll talk about later. <laughs> do you have any like what are your predictions for who comes out on top? in each of these realigned divisions. Oh my God, I'm so easily right now. Suck it up, baby. Suck it up. Gross. Keep that in there. (laughs) Let me get some tea while we're at it. All right, there we go. (laughs) Just centralize all this shit. Let's see. Hold on. I I have to like realign the liquid in my brain to remember that we actually have realigned divisions. It's dripping down. Wait, but also we have to, every time that we say the division name, we do have to lead with the sponsor of the division. Oh, so, gosh. I need to look this up right now. Let's start with the Honda West Division. The Honda West Division. That really sounds like the name of like a Honda dealership. This is the division that makes the most sense. You've got all, all the California teams. You've got Vegas, Minnesota, the Blues, Colorado, um, and then the Coyotes. I feel kind of bad for the Blues being in there, but out of this division, I mean, I got to pick the Golden Knights. We can't do better than Mark Stone. Yes. We love that Mark Stone is now the first captain in Golden Knights history. I think that's really great. I'm so proud of him. And I'm really tired of people calling him unattractive on social media. I think Mark Stone is a stone cold fox. Go off. You know what? You have your opinions. I have mine. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I think he definitely has an energy. I would love to hang out with him. Like, personality-wise, he seems like a great dude. I also... The Knights have my vote in the West. I do think that the Petrangelo trade has the potential to be the biggest off-season trade. Um, just because, like, the Knights have been looking for that big defensive piece since they became a franchise and they've also basically only played the coyotes like six times in a row (laughs) since the season started so their records looking really great but they they've proven the last three years that they can go to the distance that they can push themselves to go to the playoffs every single year and there's a reason and now they have this kind of like last piece that they were looking for remind me who they sent petrangelo who did they give oh i'm trying to use local news like a good journalist and the Las Vegas sun.com is not letting me look at this article because I have my ad blocker on. <laughs> okay. So this was basically the offset move that they made to sign Petrangelo was dealing Nate Schmidt to Vancouver. Oh, well, you know what? I have to say, uh, so far Vegas looking pretty good in that trade. <laughs> have only, <laughs> have only played the coyotes. Uh, let's let's talk about the North really quick. Um, this is our new Canadians only, good vibes only division. You know what? And I think it should stay forever. I think Canadians should only play each other. They should just keep keep all that business up there. More than that, I think what this this season has proven to me so far is that the Canadian division is the only division that should exist right now. Period. 
Right. They're the only ones who have earned the right to actually have sports. The rest of us are just playing on borrowed time. Canada is handling the pandemic. You know, it's a it's a fine, fine line, but they have a handle on the COVID pandemic a little bit more than the U.S. does. Um, So I do think that we should just let them have the NHL season. Right. And sidebar, if you are Canadian looking for a bride... We got two blondes here who would Hello. like to get vaccinated once again, and, you know, out of this country. <laughs> I think there was, oh my God, there was this awful story today about this, like, I think it was a Canadian, like, film exec or something. Mm-hmm. Two two rich white people who um, chartered a private plane and flew up to, like, way, way northern Canada to, like, this indigenous village that they could get vaccinated. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. We'll just take two of these vaccines that were being saved for people in this, like, remote area who will not be able to access it any other way. Damn. You know what? I have problems. Like, I I have to justify going to Target and all of these people can just get on a plane. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Anyways, for who I think is going to win the North Division. Hit me. I think it's going to be the Maple Leafs. Everyone's saying the Leafs. Many people are saying this. And I get I just, it. Mine is purely on vibes. You know what I, I mean? I get it. I understand that just the sheer amount of stuff that they did in the offseason is like, right. okay, they moved some puzzle pieces around. You know, they traded Kasperi Kapanen. They traded Andreas Janssen. They signed Wayne Simmons. They traded Cody Cece, like very sad uh, for all of us. And they got Joe. And they got Jumbo Joe, obviously. The Leafs, I think the Leafs can take the division also. The problem is that they're going to have to stay healthy. And we're two weeks into the season and Joe Thornton, who was very briefly playing on the top line uh, with Marner and Matthews. We were so close to the cock trick. And like whether that experiment went well or was a failure, I think purely depends if you're a Leafs fan or not. But (laughs) he's going to be out for a month because he has a, a cracked rib. And so you're asking guys like Wayne Simmons to now step up and like move up a line. And that's too much to ask of these players who are meant to be third and fourth liners. And so you start to see the edges kind of crumble a little bit. They're only as strong as like their best two lines and their defense like still isn't that good because they're working with a lot of defensive players who haven't gotten enough ice time yet. Right. But I just look at the rest of the division. It's not like they're playing in the East. Here's my dark horse pick for, for oh, the God. <laughs> it's the Habs. <laughs> uh, so I knew you were going to say this. It's the Habs. And this is like the emo girl choice. She doesn't want to pick the Maple Leafs because everybody is picking the Maple Leafs. So she's going to have to pick the Canadians. I'm just built different. <laughs> Justify your choice immediately. Um, Josh Anderson. I have a feeling about Josh Anderson. Well, it's a positive feeling because he's very attractive. I just think that there's something different about the Habs this year. Their young players are really talented. I have faith in Nick Suzuki. He's great. He's fun to watch. uh, Our crop top king, Joel Edmondson, now a Hab. Our Jewish king. Throwing it down with your man, Tyler Myers, a couple of nights ago. Oh my god. It's so weird to watch Tyler Myers fight because it's like watching a Gila monster try to eat something. Right, like know? he moves so slow. <laughs> yeah. He's six foot seven, like all his reflexes are twice as slow as like your normal sized person. It's not great. I have nothing to say about the Canucks. We can talk about them when we're bummed out and want to talk about people that we're bummed out about. Exactly. Let's talk about the ease. I don't know, dude. This is anybody's game. Except for, you know, the Devils. It's Caps or Ruins for me. 
Caps, if they can stop violating the COVID protocol. They can't. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're addicted to hanging out in each other's rooms. It's fine. The COVID protocol thing, I think, is really unfortunate because I do agree with what a lot of players in the league have been saying, which is they were the first to get caught. So they really wanted to make an example of them. Well, I think it's all been proven that that's basically what the NHL Players Association wanted to do is really make a point with them. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Could have been prevented. But the Peter Laviolette effect, I think, is really with this team. And just in the first like couple games that we've seen where they have a full roster on the ice, because like Ovechkin, Orlov, Kuznetsov <laughs> have all been out <laughs> for the last two games. Uh, and we'll be out for two more. But he famously gets a lot out of his star players, and especially when he comes in and starts coaching a team with a lot of veterans. So, you know, we've seen some changes with Ovi, with Backstrom, after these last two years where they've had these really disappointing exits in the playoffs, mm-hmm. where I'm like, hmm, okay, I see something here that's different. And I see, you know, the fourth line guys keep playing like they're not playing on the fourth line, like Nick Dowd, Garnett Hathaway. Right. They've been great. And of course, we got Chara. And I don't think you can discount, you know, people like Baby V getting out there. And Baby? Just shocking everybody. Get these just beautiful goals. It's the year of V. Our friend Ray. Yeah. was saying that a couple of days ago, and I agree. I think it is the year of V. It's time for everybody to get their V cards. How do you feel about the stars, (laughs) ma'am? You know what? They're two games in. I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Listen, their first game back, they score seven points and get a shutout. I mean, like, what more could you want? And who were they playing? Well, they were were playing the natural predators, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is an anti-natural predators podcast has been for three seasons, will continue to be. <laughs> Just because we're con- we've always, we have been convinced for years that they are not as good. Every time somebody says that they're good, they're they're not. It's a lie. They're lying to you. Mainstream media is lying to you about the, about the Nashville Predators. Yeah. The Nashville Predators are neither growers nor showers. They are just disappointers. It was really fun to get to see them just get absolutely wailed on by the stars. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I would have liked to have seen more is the stars have actually started the season on time. Ah, uh, yes. So we are are all aware at this point that 17 of the stars players tested positive How for many? the novel. How many? How many again? Um, that was 17. Okay. Somehow the team reports that they were all that asymptomatic. teams. <laughs> yeah, that's that's everybody. That's like they were all in the room. They were all playing grab ass and they all decided to just like have a kissing contest. Yep. Yeah, it's fine. And they were somehow all asymptomatic and they're playing now and they look great. Because they're full of antibodies. Because exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about them this season just because both Ben and Sagan are out. Yeah. So they've been putting together three solid lines with the Miro's guys Miro's year, have. let's go. Miro for, I almost said Miro for Calder, but Miro for the other one. Miro for Norris? Miro for Calder, like, retroactively. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Talking about the ahem, Discover Central Division. Mm. This has got to be the weakest one for me. Because, okay, so you have Tampa, and then you have yeah. Dallas. And then you have the Canes, who have played, like, two games. And now they are locked in their hotel rooms in Nashville. Forever. But then you have like... gothic. Columbus, the Panthers, the Preds, and the Red Wings. And the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, like, it's obviously going to be the Lightning that win this division. 
I don't think anybody's as stacked, even though even though they're lacking some of their like star players. Is Victor Hedman still injured? No, Victor Hedman's back, but Kucherov's out for the whole season. Kucherov's out for the whole season. That's right. I mean, even without him, they've still got everybody they need. But yeah, I mean, like there's just nobody. There's nobody in this division. I can't believe there are people on this earth who willingly sat down and watched a Red Wings Blackhawks game this past week. I have got all the push notifications from it. So we are praying for you. (laughs) (laughs) Many people are saying that it is Dylan Larkin's season. Many people will be wrong. (laughs) It's always supposed to be his season. I feel so bad for him. I know. Well, I don't know any coaches, so I'm not going to say who's the first coach fired. I don't know why I put that one on there. David Quinn should get fired. Actually, everybody, this is going to, Madison Square Garden is going to tank any, like, Puck Bunny's partnerships in the works, <laughs> present or future, for me saying this. But um, everybody in the Rangers organization should be fired. <laughs> um, they need to reasons, start anew. Several reasons. We can get into the Tony D'Angelo stuff. We can talk about how they were playing Jack Johnson on the first defensive pairing, and that's been going about as well as can be expected. Um, we can talk about the fact that that they still have not made Mika Zibanejad captain. And that, that they alone. didn't re-sign Henrik, which worked out in the <laughs> long run because he's literally had heart surgery like a week ago. But like an open heart surgery. <laughs> David Quinn should get fired but won't. That's my hot take. Should get fired but won't because he's too handsome and because the Rangers don't want to change. The they don't want to change. And I, you know what? I would understand if we get through the whole season and no coaches get fired because – yeah. The season's two, like, 56 games is too short to start over from scratch. Right. And in a league that's as adverse change as the NHL, I can absolutely imagine that we get through it and all 31 coaches are just, like, still hanging around at the end. Right. Because you can't, like, judge someone's performance based on 50... If they even get to 56 games. That's my big <laughs> prediction for the season. Is I don't think any team is going to get... Listen, listen. This is this sounds like I'm being crazy and alarmist or anything, but the league has literally built that in to their rules. No, I know. I don't think any team is going to get to 56 games because you already have Dallas backloaded with like four games at the end of the season. And the league doesn't want players to play... Uh, three or more in a row. Right. But like, that's going to happen. You know, that's going to happen because they've already talked about it with the Canes. Like the Canes are going to end up or like, they're going to end up playing like three games in a row. I was talking to Sarah Sivian today and she said that the players who were on the COVID list drove back to Raleigh together a day or two ago and are now quarantining together, not in one hotel room, but they're quarantining (laughs) in Raleigh. And that's just, Like, that's an insane situation. It's crazy to, okay, we're going to have these guys, after they get COVID tested, cooped up in hotel rooms in Nashville for three plus days, then drive back to Raleigh and be cooped up in hotel rooms for who knows how many other days. They're not training. They're not working out. They're not getting ice time. Then you have to factor in how much time to get them back, like, in game playing shape. Frankly, it's just not safe for the players to be put on ice. Sorry for the pun. To be put on ice like this, just like they're slabs of meat or something. You know, these are, it's just another way that this league is commodifying these people to where they're just assets. And that's how everyone looks at them versus people. You know, you saw that and how they were treated, how people were mocked about having mental health struggles in the bubble. And I think like we can talk about this a little bit more with what's going on with the Caps, where this is another, and a lot of times on the show, we talk about the differences between the NHL and other leagues. And this is, I think, a really good example of how the NBA 
for example, has handled COVID in a much more realistic way than the NHL. Mm -hmm. The NHL Players Association and the league negotiated these terms together before the season started, and their protocols are way more strict than the NBA's. So the NHL says, okay, you can live at home during the season, but you're not supposed to socialize with any teammates outside of the rink. Any team meetings, any like video coaching sessions or anything, they want to be conducted via Zoom. When you're on the road, there's no road roommates, which I guess makes sense. They can't go out to restaurants. They can't go like to shops. They can't use any transportation that's not provided directly by the team. You have these guys going into the locker room and sweating and spitting all over each other and then sitting on the bench and sweating and spitting all over each other and like sharing towels and sharing equipment and it just doesn't it's just a make fantasy sense. exactly it's this kind of performative hygiene theater where right. it's like oh my god the kings a couple of days ago tweeted this picture that was just patently absurd of the covid protective barriers that they've put up in their locker rooms between their stalls now keep in mind <laughs> keep in mind no press or anybody who's not essential is even allowed into the locker rooms this season, obviously. It's like, it's just the players. It's just the bare minimum, like trainers, coaches. Nobody who's not already traveling with the team, right? They have put up these like six foot tall by one and a half feet wide plexiglass barriers between their locker stalls. Like their cubicles, like their office workers. Teeny tiny little cubicles that you just go into to change. Okay, COVID can get into the locker room, but it can't get on the bench. (laughs) It can't get on the ice. You're only susceptible when you're standing in your stall. It's just part of everything that's making everyone feel insane, right? Because we're all expected to play by these weird hygiene theater rules that everyone knows are fake and everyone knows that everybody is not following. No, exactly. It's just ridiculous to see them jerk themselves off over doing such a good job protecting the players when if you really cared about protecting the players, You wouldn't be having a fucking season right now. They're probably not allowed to do that either, Christina. True. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you're playing hockey, you won't get COVID. No, hockey knows. I mean, like, COVID knows that it really respects the rules of the game. When you're at work, you won't get sick. It's crazy, especially like, okay, you're allowed to live at home, which means that you probably Mm -hmm. have kids that maybe you're sending to preschool or you have a nanny who's coming in and taking care of your kids. And then like your wife, your girlfriend is going to the dog park, walking the dogs, um, is going to the grocery store, like that she might be seeing some of her friends. Right. But then you can't hang out with your teammates outside of the five hours a day that you're already spending with them at practice and then like the road trips that you go on. And back to the NBA thing, what's been most amazing to me about all of this is the way testing is being done. So the NHL is doing tests that basically they get results back within 24 hours, Mm -hmm. which means that players that test positive on game days are then going to be positive all over the ice with all the other players, thus infecting them. Now, in the NBA, they have these special kind of tests called PCR tests where they can get it within results within an hour. And so they're using those kind of tests. The NHL has said, we have no plans to use these kind of tests. We have no money. (laughs) Because we have auctioned everything. I don't know. I feel crazy. Have you? Are there more ads on everything this season? No, you are right. There are more ads. Well, first of all, like there was the big thing with the helmet ads, right? But also, if you'll notice, there are ads 
on the glass Mm -hmm. at like eye level. Yes. And they're really just, I mean, I haven't been really distracted by them, mostly because my vision is already very bad. (laughs) But I know a lot of people have been really distracted by like seeing the Allstate logo a thousand times on the glass. Listen, it's better than seeing like the grooming service. Manscaped. The Manscaped on Montreal's home ice. Listen, we can't, Christina, we can't say anything bad about Manscaped because what if they want to sponsor the podcast? Oh, true. We love Manscaped. We love Manscaped. Not really clear on like what it is specifically. I like I know the end goal, but I'm not really sure like what kind of equipment we're working with. Uh, but I wish yeah. them luck. <laughs> Good for them. And you know, I really hope for the best on their uh, male grooming adventures. There's just ads everywhere. Um, let's talk about the big trade this past week, the blockbuster trade, the trade of the century. The only trade that's ever happened in the whole world. The beautiful... I mean, honestly, like, this would have really shaken things up, I think, if this had just been, like, a regular Central Division year. Mm -hmm. Yes, the Winnipeg Jets traded Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic to the Columbus Blue Jackets for known handsome man Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick in next year's draft. Thank you for not forgetting Jack. I feel like everybody's forgetting Jack. Columbus native. Columbus, a hometown boy. I think that's really Which cool. I think is so great. I think that's actually the real story of the street. <laughs> Just kidding. But I thought it was nice. <laughs> I think it's great. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is also kind of going home as well. They were at Sportsnet or something was interviewing his parents and his parents were so emotional because he hasn't lived at home full time since he was like 15. Oh, Pierre-Luc nice. Dubois is going, I don't know how to say it, home in French. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's man. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Uh, Luc Dubois is going to, to his house. Uh, I think he would be pretty content to go anywhere that is nowhere near Coach John Tortorella at this point. This has been like a really interesting saga. I was going to say, by other sports, it's not really that no. big of a drama. You know, you see this kind of stuff that happens in the NBA all the time where you have a player that's unhappy where they are mm-hmm. and they basically force a trade. That is something that happens all the time. This is not as interesting as like, say, your James Harden situation. Right. That was not the situation here um, because hockey is boring. <laughs> this is messy as hell. Hell, yes. by hockey standards. So, I mean, this is like dynasty is level. aggressive. I mean, Torts went on the radio. And I just want to point out, Pierre-Luc Dubois, cancer, water sign, famously not great at confrontation unless you're like really pissed off and trying to protect somebody else that you care about. This is exactly how I would have handled this situation. <laughs> Where you're like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, really, it's not a big deal. I'll just stay. I'm just... I'm just, like, not really going to try that hard. (laughs) And I'm going to embarrass myself and everybody around me, but it's fine. Actually, that's the funniest part about all of this, is that nobody really knows why the fuck Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to leave Columbus so badly. Nobody knows. Columbus has famously had trouble holding on to their stars. That market has had issues holding on. True. But there's also this element of, oh, Tortorella is a really, really difficult coach to play for. He has a really big personality. You know, he's got a temper. He's got a set way of like doing things. And so a lot of people are like, oh, well, Pierre-Luc Dubois was really struggling with that. And now, you know, you have Patrick Laine coming in, who is, 
used to, I mean, like, I agree. I think he's a very different kind of player than Torts mm-hmm. is probably used to coaching. But also, if you look back, less than two years ago, he was coaching Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. Right. And he got good performances out of them. So I'm just saying it's not it's not an impossible situation that Patrick Liney is walking into. No, and I think there's a lot of self-mythology that goes around John Tortorella. Absolutely. Where he really wants to cultivate this image around him where he's this really, like, hard-bitten, line-driving coach. He only fought another coach in the hallway one time. Get back to me when he hits, like, five times. <laughs> yeah, come, we'll on, come back to me when you get to have a, a Gordie Howe hat trick for coaches. Yes. So it's going to be really interesting to see how somebody like Patrick Laine, who is sort of known for not really listen. I mean, I guess people don't really know that he's not really listening to direction. People don't really know Patrick Laine, I think, is the issue. No one can figure out why he plays hockey the way he does, so they assume that he's just not super coachable. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what, like, an offensive powerhouse, because that's what he is. I Mm -hmm. mean, either he is or he was the first or second goal scorer in Winnipeg. When you look at it that way, the trades does seem fairly good for both sides. I do think that Winnipeg got the better deal here because I think that Winnipeg, it was in a much better situation because Line had also made it pretty clear that he was looking to get out, but he didn't have sort of the attitude problem that Pierre-Luc Dubois did. Line came out, got two goals his first game with the Winnipeg And then Jets. walked off the ice and was like, I'm going to go back to living in my Xbox until you need me again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back into my cube with my uh, fork, fork knife. Not to mention that he dropped the gloves in his first game back. And that's He's why ready he to go. games. <laughs> I think the league is going to have trouble always evaluating these kinds of players where it's a guy where you can just park them on the ice, they shoot from any angle, and they'll mm-hmm. score if none of the a other witch. players are in their way. Yes, a witch. For somebody there like Lyman, where, where he's hard to read and it's kind of harder to figure out his personality because maybe he's not as outgoing, like whatever. And of course, then you have to factor in that this league doesn't encourage their players to have any personality anyway. When you are sending someone like him to work with somebody like John Tortorella, there's always going to be the anticipation of conflict. Just because, uh, and we always want there to be some like drama because we mm-hmm. crave drama and the NHL often doesn't provide it. Exactly. You know, I would like to see more of this in the NHL, to be honest, just because I think it's players advocating for themselves, Mm -hmm. sisters doing it for themselves. And that's generally a good thing. I think movement like this is generally good and exciting. I wish them both the best in their new homes. Do you know what I found out today about Pierre-Luc Dubois that was really upsetting? Uh Uh-oh. What'd you find out? So you know how for like over a year now, his Instagram, his Instagram profile picture has been Baby Yoda. I did not know that, but that's very upsetting. But in a tracksuit and like Air Force Ones, photoshopped. Oh, that's very good. So he was being interviewed about his trade to Winnipeg and the reporter asked him, oh, did you watch the new season of The Mandalorian? I know that you're a big Baby Yoda fan. And he was basically like, Oh, yeah, I, I just liked the picture. I haven't seen the show. Okay, that's- I'm a big, he said, I'm a big fan of streetwear. And I just thought the picture was funny. And I was like, come on. That is God's perfect man right there. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So stupid. God bless him. Best tattoos in the NHL. Oh, by a mile. Now that Colin Wilson has retired, best tattoos in the NHL. For sure.
Would you like to tell people where they can reach us for next week's episode? Please, please, please call in with your questions or suggestions for next week's episode at 774-318-6952. You can follow us on Twitter at actputbunnies underscore pod and on Instagram at actputbunniespod. Please rate and review the show on the platform of your choice. It is the only guaranteed way that I will read your messages. It's just like DMing us. (laughs) Please give it five stars. (laughs) And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash puckbunnies. I'm Christina. I'm Audrey. And this is Puck Bunnies. Bye. See you guys later. Let's go watch this dreadful 10 p.m. game. Let's do it.